Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. While our Jedi Generals, Mike and Matt, are deep undercover on a special assignment, the Republic has had to call in special reinforcements to host this episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the 77th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Uh, Mike and Matt are both not here this week. They uh, had pretty hectic work schedules and stuff like that. So I'm Kyle. Uh, They asked me to take over and host this week, but I brought in some backup. And so with me, I've got JC and Jason. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, It's going pretty good. I think it's going quite good as well. Awesome. So uh, we've actually got a couple episodes to cover this week uh, because... Mike wasn't able to do the episode last week, so we've got Mercy Mission and Nomad Droids, the R2-D2 and C-3PO episodes, Um, and we've also got some new stuff to cover, Um, so why don't we start off with Fan Days, because you guys both went to that, right? Yes. Indeed. (laughs) It was actually my first chance I actually got to meet Jason face-to-face, as well as Matt face-to-face. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I was like, whoa, it's these people I've talked to. For multiple but, years now. Yes. <laughs> Matt's taller than I expected. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, he told yeah. me he does a Vader, so it's like, all right, he's probably pretty tall. Oh, true. And from the pictures I've seen on Facebook, he looked like a tall guy, so he looks just like his photos. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, like, you're the only one, Kyle, who I haven't seen in person yet. I've seen everyone else. Yeah, Look at that. well, I'm probably taller than you expect in person, too. Well, you I'll said you're, what, 6'4", you or something like that? Huh? You're like 6'4", right? I'm 6'8". Six 6'8", eight. Six eight. wow. 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 You are wookie tall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, what were your highlights from Fan Days, Jason? Um, well, obviously, I didn't get to do much of the panels. I only got to the Clone Wars panel, and then, um, which was pretty cool. It was a Q&A panel. Uh, they had... Ashley Eckstein, Tom Kane, Meredith Salinger, Cat uh, Tabor, and uh, Stephen Stanton. Um, and th- that was pretty cool. That was a really neat uh, little Q&A panel. And I cannot remember for the life of me if there were any, like, 
season four spoilers that they let slip. I don't think there were. But. No, I don't. I don't think they really let too too much out. And I think, uh, I think, yeah, that was pretty much. It was just a couple questions, a whole lot of questions about her universe. Um, but yeah, there wasn't really too much about season four stuff. No, but uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and then uh, at, was it Saturday night? Uh, we both got to go to the Hughes the Force screening, which was the fan film by J.C. Uh, what's his last name? Raffenberg. Uh, Raffenberg. Thank you. Yeah. I never remember that. But yeah, that was pretty cool. It was a half-hour fan film that was like based off of some of the uh, the John Hughes movies with and just loaded like to overflowing with Star Wars references. It was hysterical. I loved it. Yeah. It happened to uh, feature two of the uh, Clone Wars cast in it. Well, actually, there was more than two, but two were actually on screen. It had uh, Kat Humber as Padme and James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan in the movie. Which is great. Yeah. And then Tom King did the voice of one of the TKs. Yeah, one of the the Stormtroopers. It was was pretty cool. I thought it was hysterical. And I don't know. James Arnold Taylor just sort of fit as Obi-Wan Kenobi in that, that setting. It was just great. Yeah, he's kind of just taken over that role. Like, everybody just forgets. Like, Sir uh, Guinness who? Who <laughs> McGregor who? James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan in a lot of people's eyes now. Yeah. Yeah. He, he does it justice. Yeah. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time wandering around the exhibit hall. I spent way too much money. <laughs> but it was worth it. It was worth it. At least that's what I tell myself when I go to sleep at night. <laughs> what did you uh, think of some of the different costumes? Did you see anything of those that stuck out to you? Um, I think my favorite costume was actually... Uh, I, I took a picture of it. There was a uh, Fives and Captain... Or Commander Fox. Uh, yes. Those were some of the best... My favorite costumes that I that I saw there. There were some pretty good ones. Um, it was like... I remember seeing a uh, Mara Jade and uh, it was a Cad Bane. There was somebody did a Toto 360, which yeah. was really creative. It was a little kid. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say like a life size one. <laughs> no, it was a little kid dressed as Toto. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. There was also like a little kid dressed as Boba Fett, like the first day or so. I think it was the first day, and yeah. he was just adorable. And he looked like a little bobblehead because the helmet was so huge. <laughs> Yeah. But, so, uh, did you uh, do anything else that I I missed, uh, JC at uh, Fandy? I went to the um, Billy D. Williams panel for a little bit, and uh, I I enjoyed getting to see Billy D. But the panel itself wasn't that great because you know I guess he had had a heart attack a few months ago, and um, so he's still a little slow from that, and you know he's getting kind of old, and I felt like the host was kind of leading him along with the questions and stuff like that. You know, like he kind of had to keep him on track about where we were going. So wow. it was a little disheartening to see, you know, Lando I, old. I heard, um, I heard from somebody else that he just, it seemed really tired from the whole day. So, yeah. cause it was at the end of the day, it was after the clone wars panel, which was at like four o'clock. So yeah, and it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was getting on late in the day for him. Yeah. I can so. see how those would wear you out. Yeah, well, Peter Mayhew was out and about doing his thing. Yeah, uh, he was there. Um, let's see. The there was on one of the 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 convention center had like four floors, and on like I think it was the third floor that like the five hundred first 
the R2 Billers, the Mandalorian Mercs, they all had like their own yeah. rooms. And the Dented Helmet had their own Oh, room. yeah. Yeah. I guess that's like them. Yes, and the Dented Helmet. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they all had their own rooms, and that was really cool. I went into the R2 Builder's room and almost got starstruck because I was like, oh, it's R2D2! And R2 is one of my favorite characters, so. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't get to go to Fan Days, but I saw a panel by those guys at uh, Phoenix Comic Con back in May, I think it was. And, uh, you know, they were up there showing off their little R2s that they've built, and one of them had, like, an actual movie projector inside R2's head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nice. wow, that's cool. I'd love to just, like, sit down and watch a movie on a wall with, like, R2 showing it. Yeah, well, uh, there was these guys at New York Comic Con who had custom-built their R2-D2s that had an Xbox 360 in it, and oh, they had nice. the projector in it, so that way it would project on the wall, and they were raffling it off. But they can custom-build those for, like, $2,200. Wow. Wow. So if that's ever something you want to save for, that's the thing right there. That's impressive. Yeah, wow. seriously. That's, that's a bit tempting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Except I would have to save for, like, eight years. Yeah. yeah, that's one of those things I wouldn't bother saving up for, but if money, like, fell out of the sky, that would be one of the first <laughs> things I'd buy. Yeah, a couple grand on a scratch ticket. Like, oh, yeah. let's see, I'll get a new car and an R2-D2 that projects movies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Just, like, load... All the Star Wars movies, all the Star Wars Blu-rays and Clone Wars Blu-rays into R2 and just go into my man cave that I hope <laughs> to have someday. Yeah. I guess it would be a nerd cave in my case, but... It happened. <laughs> so, yeah, what did you think of the uh, the look of the con? Because I know, like, walking by that one day just looks like a like a sand crawler from the outside. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the whole the convention center from one of the sides, walking from the hotel, um, it, it looks like a Jawa sandcrawler, which was really kind of funny. It was funny because you know people would be walking over there and everybody would be stopping and taking a picture of this weird side of the the building. And it's like, why are they taking a picture? And it's like, oh, it's a Jawa sandcrawler. <laughs> well, did so they like? Did they kind of deck it out like that, or is that just kind of naturally how the building is shaped? It's just how it's shaped at one angle because it's supposed to be kind of like a cube, I guess, on its tilted axis a little bit, maybe. Yeah, it's it's like, I don't know, it's like a triangle and a square sort of like meshed together at a weird angle, I think. I don't know, that's how I would describe it. But And it, so at one angle, it, it sort of protrudes kind of slightly slanted up. I don't know, I have a picture of it on my Facebook. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Everybody does it with the fan days has that one picture of the fan crawler side of the building. Oh, nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah. you mentioned costumes. Now, Jason, I saw pictures on your Facebook. You actually went in costume, right? Uh, well, I had a costume, and uh, by the time the costume contest was, it was like right after the uh, Hughes the Force Four. screening. And we were all really hungry, and I was tired, and I didn't have time to go grab my costume and get changed. Um, but I had taken pictures of my costume beforehand. I pretty pretty good uh, Cad Bane costume, not 501st quality, but not too far off either. Um, but that was fun to make, and I'll, I'll probably uh, bring it out at another convention that I end up going to. Maybe, maybe I'll bring it to uh, C6. Uh, but uh, or I'm also thinking about making a Jedi costume too. So yeah, the Jedi costumes are fairly easy to do. 
And they travel easier. Yeah, yeah much easier. <laughs> yeah, see, I wouldn't Except really want to do any kind of mask with like a or any kind of costume that has a mask over your face because I guess that would just get really hot. Yes, the entire costume was very hot. The I had it on for like ten minutes to take the pictures at my house, and I took it off, and I was just like drenched in sweat. So it's like <laughs> maybe maybe it's a good idea that I ended up not entertaining, <laughs> not wearing that around too much. Welcome yeah. to me as Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. We'll see because I'm so tall. I'm like I would love to do either a Darth Vader or a Chewbacca, but like those also seem like the two like biggest, heaviest, hottest costumes that you could possibly wear. And I live in Arizona, so I'm yeah. just like I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> well, with the Vader helmet, there's plenty of space in there to put all the fans because like most of the guys that I know that do Vader, they've got fans in their helmets and and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, I ended up dressing up as my Jedi. Um, for the weekend, and it was it was pretty fun to see the different people taking the pictures of me. I wanted to get my pictures with some of the other Jedi that I saw and some of the Sith people that I saw. So it was fun dressing was, up. Yeah, and it was uh, pretty cool. So yeah, I, and I had one issue trying to get through security when I brought my lightsaber on the plane. So that was <laughs> that was interesting. I don't know if you guys saw my little rant on Facebook about it, but it was quite hilarious. You don't need to see my identification. Yeah, I tried that. <laughs> didn't work. Apparently, TSA guys aren't as dumb, but they've never heard of Star Wars, apparently. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll just, whenever I go down to Orlando for for celebration, I'll make sure to pack my lightsaber in my suitcase. Yeah, yeah that's well, what I would do. Well, that's what I wanted to do, but the, the blade was just too long. It wouldn't fit, so I stuck it in my carry-on, and if I just brought the blade part... They would be like, what is this thing? So I had to bring the pommel with it so that way I could show them what it was. <laughs> right. So, yeah. But other than that, it was fun. I got to uh, go out after the Hughes the Force um, screening, and I got to go to dinner with the Hughes the Force guys. Like, JC's a cool guy because, like, we have the same name. We're the same age. We're, like, mere months apart. So, like, <laughs> we meshed really quickly. And the other guys, Steve and Rook and... Um, Joe, the two Joes, like Joe Hogan and Joe Sabara, they're all really, really cool. Um, there was another guy, Chad, who was from um, Norway. They're all really, really cool guys. And so, like, we went out to dinner afterwards, and then we ended up going to A Loft, which was a bar. And Steve Sansweet and Tom Kane were over there, and they're enjoying oh, nice. the evening. So it was a good time. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Did yeah, you guys I just... get any, uh, any cool swag, like collectibles or any of that stuff? Uh, not really. No, like, it was more of just sort of a, hey, let's all hang out and enjoy Star Wars sort of thing rather yeah. than much of a get all the exclusive stuff. Like the only fan days thing that I actually saw was the uh, the official picks um, lanyard. That was the only thing that I saw that had fan days on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know? And I didn't get one of those. I was disappointed. You I think they ran out. Oh, that's right. Because you had one of the press passes. I ended up asking one of the guys if I could have one and I trade and I got one from one of the other 501st girls. She's like, well, let me cost you most of the day. So you can just have mine. <laughs> nice. so I, I ended up getting a lanyard. That was awesome. So, yeah. But well, that, yeah, like there wasn't really good. much for, you know, random stuff. I bought an old Lego set that I really wanted an old star Wars one. So huh. yeah, but there wasn't anything exclusive to the con or anything like that. That I know of. If there was, they were hiding it. Yeah, <laughs> very well. 
But, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, sounds like uh, that was a pretty good time. I'm looking forward to going to C6, hopefully. I've, um, but. I've got a hotel reserved with a couple of guys I met at uh, Fan Days. I, Carl and Brad. Uh, like yep. Carl Facebooked me like two nights later and was like, hey, you want to get a room for Carl C6? from Boston? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, sure. And so we, we found a cheap room that we're going to uh, – try and, and get so <laughs> it'll be nice it'll be fun i'm excited it's like Sweet. less than it's like a half mile from the convention center so we'll just walk yeah <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah like I, i'm going to be staying in the rosen which is connected by a skywalk to to the convention center so i'm gonna be right there for all the action don't talk to me <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's not too late to get into the rosen but it's, last... but it's more expensive than what i'm willing to spend yeah on a room yeah, well, so we got like one of the cheaper, the cheapest ones. So it was like, hey, I, yeah. if I'm gonna be there anyways, so yeah. Like last year, Mike and I, we both stayed at a place that was like I don't know, half a mile, maybe a mile away from the con. And like by the time we had walked there, we were like, oh, why did we do this? But yeah, <laughs> well, see, I'm from well, San Antonio, the, so the, the heat. And the, yeah, well, I don't think the shuttle connects to our hotel, but I'm from San Antonio, so the heat and humidity won't bother me at all. Yeah, so. <laughs> But you're from New Hampshire, so I'm not used to it. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get moving so. on with the next thing. Um, so we've got some news items. The first of which is a big Clone Wars announcement that uh, was made, I think, since the last podcast. Um, and I'm yep. sure you guys have probably all heard this, which is that Darth Maul is going to be returning on the Clone Wars in later this season in spring 2012. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, in conjunction with uh, episode one being released in 3D in theaters. Of course. (laughs) So I figured we would get it around then. I didn't know if it would be before or after, and it looks like it's probably going to be just after, if it says spring, because uh, episode one in 3D is uh, February. Yeah, it's February. I don't know. I think this might end up just being the season finale. I would... would, uh, I mean, if it's not going to be the finale, I'd say it'd be like sort of in the place of where like the Mortis trilogy or the Citadel trilogy was kind of that yeah, general yeah. area in the season. Yeah, yeah. pretty late in the season. Um, well, they yeah. just go for like the big shebang like they did, what, two seasons ago with the Mandalorians right off the bat on after the break. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, because with season two, they did the uh, the Mandalorians right after the uh, winter break. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just because yeah. it says spring 2012 and because they'll probably wait till after the movie comes out, I'm thinking it'll probably yeah. be like March or April or something. But mm-hmm. um, That would yeah. be my assumption. Yeah. yeah. I'm, just, obviously, I'm just looking you know, forward to seeing Savage Press again, you know, <laughs> and how he's going to interact with all this. Yeah, yeah. But obviously it's been causing like a big stir on the internet and everybody's like, oh, how's he going to come back? And um, I don't know. I was at first kind of just disappointed that they released it this early. Like I kind of wanted to be surprised by it, but mm-hmm. I guess it kind of makes it was sense. Gonna, yeah, it was going to get out sooner or later. So, I mean, it's might as well be now. And it's, I don't think this has been much of a big secret that they've been keeping. I mean, they've sort of been telling us, yeah, we'll get to this storyline in season four sometime. So, yeah, I mean, I sort of knew this was coming from last season. So, since yeah, last just, season, so I mean, I mean, it's, obviously, it's they nice to have it. At it it's but, nice to have it confirmed, but it's not a huge surprise to me. Yeah, 
But, I mean, because last season we didn't really know where they were going with it and they just kind of teased at it. I was like, well, how are they going to do this? And is he really going to come back or, you know, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to wait and see. But, um, yeah, I can understand them just kind of getting the announcement out of the way this early. I yeah. It is what that it also is. Help, yeah, that also helps hype up uh, season, you know, the Phantom Menace in 3D. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Which I will be seeing. I will... <laughs> I think everybody will be seeing that. Yeah. No matter how much they, you know, are going to complain, be like, oh, you know, Star Wars and three, blah, but they're still going to go see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like all the haters are going to hate, but they're still going to show up there. Yeah. $15 to see it in IMAX 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Hide in the back, you know, behind the rest of us. Wearing Star Trek shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are they allowed yeah. to do that? I hope so. My only my only thing with uh, Darth Maul returning is, in my opinion, Obi-Wan has to kill him. Obi-Wan has to kill him. If, if anybody else kills him, it will be a letdown because Obi-Wan solidified himself as a Sith killer yeah. with this uh, – with episode one, with killing Darth Maul. Well, maybe not killing Darth Maul. But Obi-Wan has to kill him or get rid of him some way or another. That is my opinion. And it, mm-hmm. I hope they do that. Um, well, yeah. I remember seeing something uh, where it was like, you know, I remember seeing something about Darth Maul coming back and it's like, and, you know, and he's out for revenge or something or I don't <laughs> know, which gives me hope that that might happen. So, yeah. Oh, I'm, well, well, I'm sure he and Obi-Wan will cross paths again at some point. Yeah. Like, I think um, Obi-Wan has to kill him because it, it brings more point to the line in episode three when he says uh, Sith Lords are a speciality. Oh, ah, true. Yeah. Because by that point, they faced off, faced off against Savage and Asajj and Darth Maul again. And you Dooku. Know? And Dooku multiple, multiple times. I mean, Dooku's beaten them pretty much every time so far, but, you know. Yeah. So, but um, they faced off, faced yeah. off against him, so. See, one problem I have with it, though, is, I mean, I would agree with you guys that I think Obi-Wan should you know, face off with him again, because otherwise it kind of takes away from Obi-Wan's victory in episode one. But at the same time, as if you just have Obi-Wan kill him again, then it feels kind of redundant. And it's like, what was the point of killing him? Or, you know, what was the point of bringing him back if you're just going to have him get killed again by the same guy? Yeah, well, they could have... Well, I guess it would make sense if Anakin, you know, fought him and actually killed him as well. But, you know, like, who knows? This is the only area where we can just make speculations and Wherever they do, we're going to love it either way, you know, pretty much. Yeah. Well, hopefully. But hopefully. Yeah, I... I, I, I Ahsoka kills him. Yeah. Oh, please, oh. no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, let's, let's I'm even starting to really like Ahsoka as a character, but I don't want her to kill Darth Maul, no. <laughs> no, it's... No, it's... She, she couldn't stand against Darth Maul. That is... <laughs> no, she would not be able to stand her ground against Darth Maul. Well, she stood her <laughs> ground against Asajj and Grievous. So, who knows? Yeah, barely. She ran away. She <laughs> ran away from both of them. Yeah. She got lucky. She ran away from Grievous and had Luminara helping her against Ventress, so... I, I mean, mean, she could maybe get away from Darth Maul, but she couldn't kill him. Yeah. No. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> so, when, so when it actually happens, you'd be like, wow, JC called it. Nobody believed him. Let's go kill him now. <laughs> <laughs> I got the, the Lucasfilm insight right there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway. Uh, awesome. So, so I didn't think we get to talk about uh, 
who he might be voiced by. No, well, there's been some yeah. speculation on that, too. Um, ever since the announcement, there have been more and more rumors going around that it might be Sam Witwer, um, who yeah. you know, was the voice of Starkiller in The Force Unleashed, and he was the son on Mortis last season. Yeah. Um, I actually thought of this a while ago because... Over the summer, I saw some video interview with him on YouTube or something where he was, you know, promoting season four, and they, he said he was coming back to do another character, and it was, like, a bigger role than he had before, and he couldn't say what it was, and so when the Darth Maul announcement was made, I was like, huh, I wonder if that's who he's doing. Um, yeah. Um, and there seemed to be I, more I listen- and more rumors and stuff that now support that, so. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was listening to a, another podcast um, where... They did an interview with him at Dragon Con, um, which I think is in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, but he was saying that he was uh, returning to, to season four um, and that he, when he got the call from Dave Filoni to do this character, he about freaked out and said yes and was like, oh, my gosh, yes, of course I can do that. And then after he hung up, he was like, well, can I do that? So – I mean, it, it sounded like a pretty big, important character, and then, of course, this announcement comes out, and I'm like, hmm. You win, too. Connect the dots. Yeah. I, it wouldn't, with his name attached to Darth Maul, um, I, that would make sense. Although, I think if they got, um, what is his name, Peter Serafinowicz, who voiced him in The Phantom Menace, if, they, if he came back, I think that would be pretty cool, too. Yeah. Uh, seeing how they got, you know, Liam Neeson to voice Qui-Gon... Um, last season, so yeah, that was yeah. awesome. But then again, I mean, that was kind of just like a cameo appearance. Whereas, from the look of it, it or you know, from what we've heard so far, it sounds like we might be seeing Darth Maul for a while to come. Hmm. So, Possibilities. I mean, Possibility. I don't know how long he'll stay around for, but I like Sam Witwer. I think he's a really good voice actor, so I think he'll be able to pull it off. Yeah. Just make Darth I agree. Maul even more awesome. <laughs> Well, he's not too bad of a regular actor as well because he's in that show, uh, like Being Human. Oh yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that. Yeah, I've got I like one it. episode, and it wasn't too too bad from what I saw. He's like the vampire guy. See, I'm just not a fan of vampires and werewolves, so I don't yeah. watch stuff like that. But you, you Twilight hater, <laughs> I'm proud of. Not it. a hater, just a, I'm indifferent. <laughs> I am a Twilight hater. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> I'll make you sparkle or something. I don't know. You will try. <laughs> However, they kill the the stupid vampires in that movie or, <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Break them like rock. I don't know. Yeah, Mike and Matt are going to be listening to back this. Back on and, like, topic. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Mike and Matt are going to listen to this and go. We turn the podcast over to you guys and you talk about Twilight. What's going on? <laughs> it's our show now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, Darth Maul coming back. Look out for that uh, in the second half of the season towards the spring. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, So I was thinking next we could get into some collecting news. I know we just had New York Comic Con. Now, JC, did you say you were at that too? I was at New York Comic Con. I've had an intense two weeks. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, so you pro- yeah. did you uh, did you get the scoop on any new uh, collectibles and stuff? I know they revealed a whole lot of stuff there. Well, uh, I, I stopped by the Hasbro booth, but I didn't know how much was actually out on store shelves already, so I didn't really get to see too much. The only thing that caught my eye 
was the uh, the Ben Quadneros action figure. <laughs> and it, it's in the retro-style packaging, and it, I thought it was cool. So I don't know if that's actually out or not, or if you guys have seen that before. I think that's something that they were announcing there. Okay. Um, yeah, it it, it looked pretty it awesome, right. and I automatically thought of Kyle Newman and his uh, <laughs> campaign to get Ben on the Clone Wars. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. So. Yeah, I thought of that, too. I wasn't there, but I saw... I actually have pulled up on my internet right now a whole bunch of pictures from the uh, the Hasbro panel that they did. Yeah. Um, well, they got the, their whole presentation with all these pictures and stuff. And as soon as I saw that Ben Quadneros in the vintage line, I'm like, I guess, you know, I can pretty much guess who was asking for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that and uh, they had an exclusive Star Wars Celebrations t-shirt there, which I got. Oh, nice. Have you guys seen that? Uh, no. no, I don't no. think so. It, it's got a... It's got the four guys from the Cantina band on it, and it says underneath it says we're getting the band back together. Classic <laughs> nice. uh, Blues Brothers line, and on the back it says uh, "See you in um, Orlando Celebration 6, and it has the dates on it. Sweet and it's a gray shirt with white print on it. And it's pretty cool looking, so I, I couldn't pass that up when I heard that it was uh, just the con exclusive for there, and they weren't going to have it anywhere else. And then uh, I got the um, Her Universe. Trick or treat tote bag that was sold out <laughs> online and sold out in I think the first day at New York Comic Con. Wow! Full bag, so I had to get that for the girlfriend. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But, what does uh, that look like? Uh, it's got it's black and it has a couple of different characters all in kind of a cartoony drawn style and R two D two's ghost. Chewbacca's a pirate. Um, Darth Vader's a <laughs> banana, I think. What? And Yoda is, I think Yoda's a pumpkin, and he says, uh, it's better to treat than to trick, because trick leads to the dark side or something like that. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, that was that was one of the cool, cool things I got there. And I got to talk to Ashley again, because I, you know, I ran into her at Fan Days, and I was like, wow, you're here two weeks in a row and she's like yep we're going, we're going all out i'm like wow that's crazy so but other than that i didn't really get to do too too much because i'm super busy doing interviews and super busy being on a tv show and super busy doing everything else that was associated with con to really get too much into collecting stuff yeah gotcha so. yeah well I'm sorry i let you down just ben quadnero so the only guy that caught my eye <laughs> I think I saw a picture that, you know, they've got some of the other pod racers on yes, there, like uh, Rats Tyrol, which works right into today's episodes <laughs> that we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just pulling these pictures up, it looks like uh, there's, there's a new Hoth Luke, a new Anakin. Another Hoth Luke? Well, Is he like, in the pilot or the snow gear? Snow gear. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but like, uh, I was just trying to remember stuff. And they're, they're coming up with a Darth Maul mask, like yeah. a mask they, yeah, they put out so far too. with like the General Grievous and the, you know, Boba Fett and all that stuff. I saw that. So yeah. Well, I know Mike and Matt mentioned recently that they're cutting out the uh, Saga Legends wave or Good. collection or whatever. But they're starting this movie heroes thing that looks like the exact same kind of figures. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, they're a little bit different scaled. Oh, okay. The movie heroes? The Galactic Heroes? No, no, oh, no not no, no, Galactic no. Heroes. It's uh, movie heroes. It's kind of the same, like, realistic style action figures as the Saga Legends. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, like I said, that, it looks like the same thing. 
that'll probably go along with uh, the three theatrical releases in 3D. That's yeah, probably because, what that's for. Um, in these first waves that they've got on here, there's like Darth Maul, Qui Gon Jinn, Battle Droid. Um, wave two, or no, this is the same wave, but yeah, there's like uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, Destroyer Droid, but there's also like Darth Vader and General Grievous and some clone troopers and stuff. Um, and then there's new vehicles. I mean, this is pretty much all like the new stuff that's coming out in the first half of 2012. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, we've got like a Jar Jar Binks, Anakin Pod Racer, Padme. So yeah, it looks like there's yeah, a lot episode of stuff one tying into episode one. Um, Which makes sense. And some of yeah. the vehicles, like they've got Anakin and Sebulba's Pod Racers coming back out. I did see those. Yeah, those look pretty cool. Yeah, they were quite scaled, and, like, the paint jobs on them looked pretty well. So, like, people who do a lot of customization, like, make them more battle-damaged and, you know, more realistic, they won't have to do too much, from what I saw. Yeah. Like, now that you're mentioning stuff, I remember seeing it. Because, like, they had the whole booth set up where, like, the main attraction was, like, the the Emperor's chair with a Darth Vader and a Stormtrooper there, and they had cases all around that. So it's, like, it was hard to get around to each of the cases to look at what was there. Yeah. You know, because it was like a line to go sit in the chair and take your picture. And uh-huh. then they had they had split it because they had their Avengers stuff there and their Transformers stuff there, too. So it was like Ooh. it was a, the Hasbro section was split into thirds. So and there was like people trying to take a picture with Spider-Man. They had a big life size hanging upside down Spider-Man, a big, huge Optimus Prime, so it was like there was lines everywhere to do all kinds of sorts of things. So it was hard to actually look at the the product cases. Oh, gotcha. So. Yeah, and then we've got uh, new Clone Wars figures coming out next year too. Looks like I see some of these I thought were already out, but there's like a Savage Press, Chewbacca. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, see, again, like I said, some of these are already out, I know, but there's, like, a Plo Koon in cold weather gear and Aqua Battle Joy. Yeah, yeah, some of those are already out. Yeah, I but, saw two of the Plo Koons uh, yesterday when I picked up uh, Season 3 on DVD. Okay, yeah, that's another I, thing I guess we should Blu-ray. mention, that uh, Season 3 I, is I, out on DVD and Blu-ray now. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a Blu-ray player or a PS3, so I can't play Blu-rays, unfortunately. Sad face. <laughs> It's okay, man. I still don't have my super huge TV yet that I was supposed to get when the Blu-rays came out. I've been waiting to get. Yeah, but it, it also looks like early next year we'll be getting uh, the first Clone Wars figures with the Phase 2 Clone Trooper armor. Yeah. Um, they've got oh, nice. The, the basic Clone Trooper coming out, Commander Cody. Sweet. Um, That'll be cool. And Wave 2, there's uh, the new Captain Rex. Oh, nice. I might have to pick that up. So, yeah, I'll probably pick up him. Yeah, so look out for some of this new stuff coming out. And then there's... I'm not going to go through all this, but there's battle packs, there's vehicles, all kinds of stuff. So, cool. um, that's you know, some of the collecting news from New York Comic Con. Again, just a bunch of new stuff coming out at the beginning of next year, and a lot of it tying into the uh, Episode 1 re-release in 3D. So... Keep an eye out for that stuff if you're into it. And what do you guys say we get to the episode recaps? I'm down let's for it. Let's, let's do it. All right. Yeah. So like I said, we've got two episodes this week, um, both kind of related, dealing with R2-D2 and C-3PO. 
So let's jump into the first one with Mercy Mission. And it says, the the planet of Aline is devastated by catastrophic earthquakes. A convoy of Republic ships is diverted from their primary mission in order to provide desperately needed humanitarian relief to the people on the surface of Aline. On the bridge of an acclimator frigate, Commander Wolf commands or contacts Master Yoda and Senator Amidala. Though Wolf appreciates the importance of his mercy mission, he is eager to move on to his frontline assignment, assisting General Plo Koon. As the cruisers enter Aileen's atmosphere, clone troopers load gunships with the relief supplies. R2-D2 and C-3PO are coming along on the mission, much of the chagrin of the clones. The fully loaded gunships leave their hangars straight through Elaine's clouds. Uh, and this was, uh, yeah, both these episodes had some kind of humorous moments in them, but this was the first one I could remember where, you know, these gunships are flying through the clouds, and then one of the Elenas flies by on his little bug thing that he's riding and, like, <laughs>, laughs and waves at him, and the clone trooper goes, oh, great, it's going to be another one, one of those planets. planets. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I also like how, like, when they were getting into the gunship, the clones are just like, you know... Sit down, shiny, or something like that, and then they were just kind of smug with them. Yeah, impossible clones. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, they were kind of being jerks to the droids, but it was funny. I liked how they kind of used the clones for uh, comic relief in these episodes. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty good. And I, I don't know. I just for some reason I really like the shots where they have like the ships coming through the clouds and everything. I'm just, those are really cool shots and really pretty for me. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I a agree. bit of a, when it comes to those shots. I just yeah, like, no, I like cinematics. Like yeah, big cinematic scenes. Yeah. I think with those, uh, with those ships coming down through the clouds, that was cool. And also just the opening shot where you've got the Republic frigate, like flying towards coming the in, planet. Yeah. You, you kind of see it going right over the horizon with a star. Yeah. And you got the whatever. camera rotation. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. really cool. They're really having a lot of fun with these cinematic shots um and I, it looks like they're figuring out how to do clouds real well because they they've had ships going through clouds on quite a few episodes this season and it's really really quite quite cool in my opinion so yeah and it was it was nice to see too just how these episodes aren't you know these aren't really gonna be like the highlight of the season these aren't the big action episodes that they hype up but they still put a lot of effort into uh you know making them look visually fantastic mm-hmm. yeah Oh, and also uh, we saw with the clones, they have the, the new armor, the Phase 2 armor. Yes, right? yeah, that's yeah. actually, this is kind of the first time we've seen that, like, up close. Yeah. Um, what do you think, think of uh, Wolf's helmet there? That was pretty that awesome, was, I thought. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I kept getting, like, the, uh, he had those big patches of white. They kind of looked like Spawn, like his his mask co- uh, co- coverings. Huh. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see that, I guess. I can like I could, I saw it immediately. And I was like, no, I know he's got more markings on the side to make it more look like the wolf, but that's kind of what I initially saw. <laughs> but then again, I was a huge Spawn fan back in the day. Um, uh, you see what you want to see. Yeah, <laughs> true. All right, should we continue? Yeah, yes. uh, Jason, go ahead. All right. Uh, landed at a refugee zone, Commander Wolf exits his gunship and meets King Manchucho, who enthusiastically welcomes him to the devastated planet. Uh, Manchucho chatters in the Alina language, and Wolf requests uh, a protocol droid be brought to him. C-3PO emerges from a gunship, eager to help. 3PO translates Manchucho's welcome. Uh, the king asks the offworlders for help to make peace in the ground. After an aftershock shakes the terrain, 
and Wolf orders his squads to scan for unstable ground and mark off unsafe areas. Uh, let's see. Wolf's priority is repra- repairing and rebooting the Aline mainframe computers, uploading information the Alina will need to help rebuild their world. This task falls to 3PO's counterpart, R2-D2. R2, some Alina guides, and troopers Sinker and Boost travel to the mainframe station. Blasting their way past the rubble, blocking the entrance, they enter the station and begin interfacing with the computer. And, you know, again, this is some cool, uh, you know, little interactions with the clones here. We get Sinker and Boost, who we've seen before. And uh, I know they were in last season with the Padawan Lost. Yeah. Um, I know that yeah. was the last time we because saw Because that's the first we've really guys. seen the, the Wolf Pack guys. Yeah. Yeah. And but, weren't uh, uh, Sinker and Boost were actually they were in uh, the first uh, episode of the Malevolence trilogy with uh, Plo Koon and Captain and uh, Commander Wolf trapped in the escape pod. So yeah. were they? They were yeah. all the way back there. Probably. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, I couldn't remember who all those guys were. I just knew Commander Wolf was in that <laughs> one. But yeah, he wasn't in armor back then. No, oh, he wasn't. Yeah. But I don't know if you guys a uh, different subject here. But I don't know if you guys uh, noticed, but. Uh, King Manchucho was actually voiced by James Arnold Taylor, which I thought was just really quite funny. Seeing yeah, I don't Obi-Wan know if I quite chattered. picked up on that the first time. I, I, I thought I heard it the second time I watched it, but I was like, eh, I'm sure they used everybody a couple different times for different voices. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I always go and I, I look at, you know, the voices, who the voice actors are and everything, and I, I just... When I saw that the first time, I was like, "No way, that's impossible. It, it couldn't have been. It couldn't have been Obi Wan." Um, but then I went back and it. Yep, uh, that was him. Yeah. So, I also liked uh, when the aftershock finished. The yeah, the alien, you know, thought it was three PO that stopped it. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, because well, going the- with his "I'm a god" complex that he seems to get. Throughout the saga. Yeah, I was going to say, it yes. kind of reminded me of Return of the Jedi with the Ewoks, and he's like, you know, they do believe I am some sort of god. Yeah. Yes. I have a note here. 3PO as god again. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Who is next? Kyle. Um, let's see, JC, I no. think that's you. Okay, all right. Though the Republic is ready to build temporary kitchens, King Manchucho says priority must be given to making peace in the ground. Wolf grows impatient with the eccentric alien customs. He tells 3PO to report the moment R2 is completed with the download so the troops can be on their way. Boost and Sinker are called back to the staging area, leaving R2-D2 to finish supervising the download. C-3PO joins his counterpart in the darkened mainframe station. The Alina guides insist that the droids follow them. There is something they need to see. <laughs> uh, the Alina bring the droids to a large hole in the ground, partially covered by a heavy bronze disc. Strange vapors seep out from below. A sudden quake sends C-3PO tumbling into the gap beneath the door, and R2 rockets after his plummeting companion. <laughs> so, 3PO and R2 come to an abrupt landing deep atop a pile of dried roots in the subterranean wilderness of Alina. The quake continues, blocking the tunnel to the surface. The droids follow a strange glow into a larger cavern. Yeah, so now all of a sudden, you know, they're underground in this weird, you know, kind of like whole other world that kind of exists down there. But uh, It's like an alternate dimension. <laughs> <laughs> it's where they fall. 
All right. In the bioluminescent interior of the planet, 3PO and R2 are suddenly surrounded as the trees come alive. Uh, the droids are not welcomed by the creaky-limbed Kindalo. Uh, the creatures tell the droids to leave this place and ask why the surface dwellers have destroyed the peace. 3PO offers to help with this problem, and the Kindalo tells the droids if they are to help, they must speak to Orphne. So... Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars right here, and suddenly we have Ents. Yes. Yeah. But much cooler looking Ents, because these ones kind of glow. Yeah. Yes. I, it was kind of cool. And they look more menacing. Yeah, they did a little yeah. bit. I think I think their eyes were glowing. Yeah. Well, they're, was, they're, uh, they had little glow, rock, uh, I guess, veins all along the side of them as well. Yeah. No, it was just cool how everything yeah. underground, like there were plants and stuff that all kind of had this glowy look to them. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the design of the the Kendalo. They were pretty cool. It it's sort of through at first when I first watched it, the their shoulders, which are sort of like just almost kind of just hanging out there, connected by these like ropey strands, like several times down down the arms. I don't know yeah. that that kind of I was looking at that for a minute, going that's kind of weird, but then it didn't bother me anymore. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think overall, like when I first saw him, I was like what seriously like they took this straight out of lord of the rings almost and it almost like you know it's like the first time that i know of that we've seen anything like this in star wars and felt kind of out of place but then i was like you know it's kind of cool though yeah like for doing just a couple of one-off episodes like this that it's you know just kind of shows us something out of the ordinary mm-hmm. right yeah they sounded a bit like um admiral trench i guess that's because they were voiced by the same guy bradley baker but I don't know. I noticed these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm kind of like you. I like to look at who voices the different characters, and I try to pick it out while I'm watching it before I go and, like, look it up later. But, yeah, I definitely didn't notice uh, similarity at, to Admiral Trench right there. But, I don't know, I did think they had pretty cool voices, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all, right. all right. So, moving on from the talking trees... Uh, the droids continue their trek into the caverns, guided by sparkling fireflies into a grotto. With a swirl of sparkling dust, Orphne materializes, a green fairy-like creature. Orphne explains that a covenant exists between the surface and the subsurface world. Each side survives because the ground keeps them separated, but recently the divide was breached by the surface dwellers, poisoning the underworld, and they retaliated with the quakes. See, I, I really like how, like, the first thing she did when she materialized was she tried to eat 3PO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she did like that. She could be menacing all at once. She just shot out her tongue and stuck in her head. Ooh, I can't eat you. Yeah. And she's like, like, all right, a, I'll talk to you now. It was almost like a Jar Jar <laughs> thing, too. Like, she sticks yeah. out this really long tongue, just like, you know, sticks it on him and is like, oh, I can't eat you. Yeah. <laughs> She was just, I, it was cool uh, on the one hand. On the one hand, I thought she was, you know, cool, kind of a weird character that, you know, to sort of send the droids on the final, you know, length of their quest here. But when I sat back, she was just kind of bizarre. I don't know. Just yeah. everything about her was bizarre in a cool way, but bizarre. She was like a Star Wars hippie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of stuff in this episode was bizarre. I mean, we're not used to seeing, you know, underground worlds and you know fairy sprite creatures and walking trees and all this kind of stuff it almost i mean in some parts to me it felt more like an animated disney movie or something but Mm -hmm. um 
I liked it though. I mean, it was interesting, but not so bizarre that it kind of like took me out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, it didn't take me out of it, but um, it's just obviously something completely different than what we've seen so far um, in in Star Wars, which yeah. is not a bad thing. But um, I mean, it, it's it's kind of cool to see them try all sorts of different uh, types of things, but um, sometimes it just is like, wow. Yeah. All right, so moving on? Yes. Okay. It was not the subterranean's world intent to attack, but they needed to seal the surface breach. C-3PO and R2-D2 offer to seal the breach if Orphany can guide them to it. Rather than give them directions, she offers a riddle. You You can run, but you cannot walk. You have a mouth, but you cannot talk. You have a head, but never weep. You have a bed, but never sleep. Ask yourself, who are you? With those cryptic words, Orphany vanishes. C-3PO tries to puzzle through Orphany's riddle, and R2-D2 correctly concludes the answer is River. R2 activates a water icon set into the floor of Orphany's chamber, which creates a torrent of water and blasts the droids back onto the planet's surface. Yeah, and so again, you, this is. What do you guys think of the little riddle part there that she had? I was like, it's the Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's Gollum. It's Gollum and uh, Bilbo. You know, it's. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty I've, interesting. Well, yeah, there's lots and lots of different, you know, other story references in these two episodes that we're talking oh, yeah. about. So yeah. it, it's just rife with. I'm just going to say homages instead of just straight ripoffs. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's definitely an homage because it does it, you know, slightly differently mm-hmm. than, you know, what they're obviously, you know, referencing. Um, but it's still really good, so. Yeah, I thought it was a cool visual, too, like, just the, uh, that water shooting them up through the roof, and it was, it was kind of weird, like, they go through this flower petal or something that, like, shoots them back <laughs> up to the surface, but, um. Yeah. Yeah, I thought 3PO was kind of... And it was almost like a classic 3PO moment where R2's going right. doing all the work, and then 3PO's like, oh, I figured it out. And then, you know, they get shot up, but it was really <laughs> right. R2 that figured it out and did all the stuff. Oh, yeah. The, the banter between R2 and 3PO is just classic, you know, droids, you know, back and forth through the whole episode. So, I mean, they, yeah. they obviously have everything. The writers obviously have R2 and 3PO figured out the, you know, as far as the way they interact with each other. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely like the look of, you know, R2 going around, kind of checking things out. He's like, no, nope, that's not. And, like, when he says it, you know, 3PO's like, what? No, it's not ground. <laughs> like, don't be silly, you know? Yes. Oh, yes, it's River. I figured it out. Wait, it's already shooting me up. Never mind. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, should we finish this out? Uh, yeah, we got yeah, two more. It's all you. All right. Uh, the droids land near the excavation site that they entered. King Manchucho and his followers are holding a ceremonial chant. Poisonous gas seeps from beneath the mislaid door, causing the Alina to become sick. The air below the ground is deadly to them, and they cannot seal the breach. 3PO realizes that the Alina need their help. The droids move the heavy door back into place, sealing the hole into the underworld and restoring balance on Aline. Uh, I'll just finish it out here. The Alina bid farewell to their droid saviors. As the Republic Relief Forces depart Aileen, 3PO begins chattering about their exploits to Commander Wolf. 
Wolf rolls his eyes and vows to offload the droids at the nearest opportunity. <laughs> Just thinking about the episode makes me giggle because it's like it's so hilarious. Of Wolf's reaction to them, he's like, "Really? What are these guys jabbering on about?" And he's like, "I really don't care." Stupid droids. Yeah. <laughs> like I want to be shooting these guys and not talking to them. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. will say one one. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but one gripe I had with the episode, like when that last part we read, where they covered up that hole in the ground. I don't know about you guys, but I guessed that pretty early on when they were like down in the cavern <laughs> talking to the trees and stuff. And he's like, "Oh, you know, the breach has been, or you know, the barrier has been breached between us and the surface, or whatever." And so I'm like, "So what you mean is they have to cover up that hole that they came in through?" And they just they spent, have to close the door. And then yeah. they spent like half the episode trying to figure that out. And I'm just like, "All right." Waiting for you guys because I already know it. Yeah. Well, every once in a while, you gotta you gotta pander to the kids that are watching, so and let them figure it out on their own and stuff like that. Because like, you know, because all in all, the show really is meant for kids, but it also is meant for us adults. So we can't have our shooty shooty episodes every time. So we gotta have one of those kid friendly ones every once in a while. I suppose. I mean, I didn't mind the episode as a whole. It was it was really good for what it was. Um, but in the end, all they had to do was close the door. Close the door. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> Were you raised in of, the barn? No, they closed the door. <laughs> and it was one of those episodes where it didn't seem entirely necessary. Like, we could have just moved on to, you know, some more action-packed episodes or whatever, and I wouldn't have missed this one. But at the same time, at least it was entertaining. I mean, we've had episodes before that you know, people complain about they've been boring and, you know, the political episodes and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, this was one where it was like, well, if we're going to watch it, at least, you know, I don't mind it. It was entertaining. I kind of enjoyed it. So it's very lighthearted. Yeah. Yes. It was lighthearted and it was nice to see the banter between R2 and 3PO. It it definitely was a lot better than anything having to do with corruption or tea. Yes. Well, and in fact, as if you a could... child of the 80s, it, it brought me right back to the Droids cartoon series. So, like, I was very happy to see that R2-D2 and 3PO got their own, you know, standalone episodes like they did. They got one last season, right? Yeah. 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 And so it's like, I really, I just really enjoy getting to see them. And it made me feel like those days back when I was watching Saturday morning cartoons with the Ewoks and the Droids Adventure Hour. And so, like, I don't mind these every once in a while. I know there's been a lot of people who griped about, you know, the droids episodes, but, you know, I really like them. Yeah, well, and you mentioned the one last season, too, which was uh, Evil Plans, which is the one where C- uh, C-3PO gets captured by Cad Bane while R2, like, goes to a spa or something like that. Um, <laughs> gets a rub in the tub. Yeah, and I really didn't enjoy that episode a whole lot, because that really felt like it didn't add anything to the show, but... Um, I don't know, these, this episode and both of these episodes that we're talking about, I enjoyed more than that one because, um, you know, it's still just dealing with R2 and 3PO, but they made it. And they got clones in it. Yeah. Well, and actually I was going to say that too, is I think my, the clone troopers were my favorite part of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it was Wolf? the, uh, yeah, Wolf the first... just like really amused me. His, his response and his reaction to the droids is probably something that a lot of us would would do um, yeah. in in this situation. It's just like, oh my gosh, 
I just have to do this job so I can get back to what my real job is. I'm not even really supposed to be doing this stuff. This is yeah. not what I was trained for. Like, he kind of feels like a babysitter. Yeah, and then while he's at it, he's got some guy, you know, chatting him up who won't shut up and thinks he knows everything. And <laughs> Yeah. And I like their, their, their little hug thing that they did to him and, uh, and R2 at the end. Oh, yes. It's they another... hugged Wolf right off, right? Or did they hug 3PO right off? They hugged 3PO right off, and yeah. then R2 at the end. Yeah. Um, which was another thing that reminded me of the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. So, shall we move on to Nomad Droids? Nomad yes. Droids. So that was the first half Mercy mission, and then we pretty much pick up right after that with Nomad Droids. All right. Um, JC to go ahead and start this off? Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead if you want to. Sure. All right. After resolving the crisis on Aileen, Commander Wolf leaves R2-D2 and C-3PO in the care of Jedi Master Adi Galia aboard a Republic cruiser. The droids now head for home. They contact Senator Amidala and tell her their bizarre adventure, and 3PO cannot wait to return to the safety of Coruscant. Suddenly, the transmission is cut off and alarms wail as the cruiser falls under attack from Separatist warships. Uh, Separatist forces invade the Republic cruiser and Adi Gallia and her clone troopers defend against General Grievous and his battle droids. C-3PO and R2-D2 avoid the conflict and make their way to the hangar bay in hopes of evacuating the ship. R2 hops into a vacant Y-Wing fighter and 3PO reluctantly climbs aboard. (laughs) Now, this was cool because... uh... Yeah, this battle scene at the beginning with R2 and 3PO kind of walking through the hallways while there's battle droids and clone troopers shooting each other was really uh, reminiscent of the beginning of A New Hope. Yeah. When they're kind of oh, doing yes. the same thing on the Rebel Blockade Runner. And it was, yeah, it was, you know, good. It was kind of funny because, you know, that you see them and they're standing there and then they, you know, run off down a, a side hallway away from the main battle and... As they're walk, walking towards the camera, you just see Adi Gallia fly across the... <laughs> yeah, after getting kicked right in the chest. Yeah, she gets kicked by Grievous and then just kind of goes flying by in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I also like as they enter the bay, they uh, <laughs> R2 smashes into another, uh, was it R5 unit? Yeah, yeah something like that. To kick him out of the way so he can get into the ship because R2's a smug little jerk. <laughs> this wall. Like, this episode, R2 is a jerk, wicked bad. He's a <laughs> yeah, bully. Yeah, he kind of is. Like, later on, he shows how much of a bully he is. Yeah, but, uh, and, I mean, even there was kind of another A New Hope reference when they're going to the shuttle, and uh, I was just watching it again earlier today. Or when they're going to the hangar bay and trying to get in their ship, and you hear, like, the clone voice over the speaker, and he's like, all pilots, man your stations, just like the the uh, rebel guy in A New Hope. You hear the same yeah. voice in the hangar. I like oh. the, the vo- thing he said, too. He's like... This isn't an escape pod. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't an escape pod. Oh, but I guess it will have to do. Yeah. If you insist. And then he, you know, he starts climbing up onto the ship and <laughs> R2 takes off and he falls head first into the cockpit, you know. Yeah. And just the sight of C-3PO sitting in the cockpit of the Starfighter was kind of funny. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. So moving on, uh, R2 successfully navigates the Y-Wing through the space battle and heads for the nearby planet of Patatit Patuna. A stubborn vulture droid pursues them. R2 manages to shoot it down, but not before it damages their ship. 
The Y-Wing crashes into an ominous dead swamp on the planet. C-3PO and R2-D2 emerge from their downed vessel and explore the surrounding area, unaware that they are watched by alien eyes. And I I thought this was cool, too, because, uh, you know, just some of the camera angles when their ship is crashing are, um, you know, looks like they took it right from Empire Strikes Back when uh, Luke's crashing on Dagobah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And now that you mentioned that, I... I recognize it after you mentioned it. I, yeah, I, that's I saw it right off. I was like, oh, that's from you know, Dagobah. Yeah, I didn't get it the first time I watched it, but like I looked for it the second time, and especially there's one shot like looking out of the cockpit, and you see all these branches and stuff. Yeah, it, and it yeah, like yeah. Hey, that's pretty cool. Good pickup there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then, uh, you know, like you were saying earlier, Jason, too, just, uh, you know, some great visuals here with them like flying through the planet's atmosphere, getting chased by that vulture droid and stuff, and Oh, yeah. More, more pretty-looking oh. clouds. I noticed that the, uh, the Vulture droids are getting more detailed, like, visually. Because when yeah. you go back and look at them from uh, the movie, like, they look so much different now. Like, the, the mod- character models for those ships are getting, you know, much better. And they're more, you know, expressive. Oh, nice. So, uh, I was just noticing that because you got really, really good shots of the Vulture droid in this episode. That's true. Yeah, I didn't really notice that. I'll have to go back and check it out. Yeah. Uh, you can totally see the progression on how well things are working out technically for them so they can make everything look better. Like, you obviously see it when you see the various characters and their character models, but when you look at the various ships and the background stuff, it is getting a lot better. Yeah. I mean, see, that's one thing yeah. I don't really pay attention to. Like, and with new ships, I pick it up. Like, with ARC 170s and stuff, I notice how cool those look, but with something like Vulture Joys that have been. You know, yeah, all like even the look of the the Y wing, you can tell how much it's changed since season one. Yeah, well, it seems like now whenever we see Y wings, they you know try to switch them up a lot and they do a lot more different paint schemes on them. Whereas yeah. the first time we saw them in season one, they were like all They're yellow. yellow. And now we've seen like red ones and green ones and stuff. Yeah, the Skittle Squad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. So. Native Patatees. I'm guessing that's how I'd say it properly. I guess I don't Something know. Like that. I don't know. They never said yeah. the name in the episode. Yeah. No. Suddenly swarm the droids who are taken aback by the size of the tiny aliens. The Patatees attack the droids and incapacitate them with their electrified stats. The droids are tied down and presented to the big Heizu, the Patatee leader. Heizu did not like intruders. He agrees to free the droids, but he orders them to get off his planet. R2 doesn't care for Heizu's bossy attitude. 3PO intervenes before R2 says anything too provoking, but when he gives R2 a reprimanding knock on the dome, the little droid falls over and crushes the big Heizu. Splat. <laughs> yeah. This, I don't know, that whole thing there when he falls over on the big Heizu, it just shocked me at first. I was like, it did. Oh my gosh, did they just, like, really held a person? I know, R2 just, like, he didn't just kill him, he squashed him. He's got, like, the... And then he had the goop all over him, too. (laughs) For the rest of the whole episode. I know, and it's like, oh my gosh. Did they really just do that? I I like the uh, obvious Gulliver's uh, Travels reference. Yeah, oh, yes. having them tied down. Yeah, that was, that was really good. But yeah, when he squished him, I was like, 
you know, just because it's a cartoon, and like you were saying, JC, especially these type of episodes, you can tell are kind of intended for kids. And I was like, you know, normally in a really cartoony show, you'd expect he might still be alive. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, no, that guy's pretty small, and yeah. R2's pretty big in comparison, and he just, like, squished him, and then sure enough, they're like, the big zoo is dead! <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was... And I don't know, I think it, the big Hezu, he just... I thought he was kind of annoying. Not annoying, but if he was my leader, I would be really irritated with him. Well, I don't he, know. I always by the same guy who does a... Uh... It does the pirate guy, uh, Hondo, right? No, actually, it was uh, Kevin Michael Richardson did the voice. He does uh, Jabba the Hutt. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's not oh. on the show a whole lot, but he's done like some side characters and stuff. But you know, honestly, I kind of enjoyed that character. Like, I agree with you, Jason. Like, if he was my leader, I wouldn't like him very much. But I just kind of liked him <laughs> as a, you know, cartoony villain type character. Yeah, he's so small. Oh, yeah. and, and, and making know. everybody carry him around. Yeah, but he's, you know, so small yeah. and, like, bossing the droids around and stuff. He's like, you know, the big Jesus says get out of here or whatever. Oh, yes, he's he's such a tiny little guy, but it's his planet, you yeah. know. <laughs> All right, um, uh, so after Jesus gets squished, the Patatites are thrilled that their dictator has been killed. They help fix the droid's Y-Wing fighter and propose that C-3PO become their new leader. 3PO declines and instead teaches the people the concept of democracy. He tells them to choose from among the three most intelligent, compassionate, and understanding among them. Unable to choose, the Patatites erupt into fighting and the droids leave the planet. Oh. (laughs) This whole sequence was just, I don't know. I thought it was really kind of funny because they didn't quite get it. Yeah. (laughs) I have a feeling like... This may, you know, sound very political and whatnot, but uh, it sounded like the the writers were trying to make a point of what the uh, the U.S. government did with Iraq. You know, they kind of just like went in there. You know, it's like, hey, now you're a democracy. Now you get to vote on each other, and now we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what like uh, someone told me right when they watched the episode. They while it was going on, they're like, hey, wow, it sounds kind of like the U.S. government. I'm like, shh, quiet, you. <laughs> Nothing here. <laughs> So, but yeah, like I, I'm sure that's what the the joke that they were trying to make. It's possible. Yeah, it's yeah. entirely possible. I'm sure a lot of people saw it too. But you know, like I hate yeah. to think of both terms. I'm like, I just want my cartoon to be entertaining. I don't want to make a statement. <laughs> yeah, about yeah. Society. I didn't think of that when I watched it, <laughs> right. but I can certainly see that now. And then, of course, <laughs> there's also a big reference to the Wizard of Oz too, where you know the evil leader has something yeah. big fall on them, and all the little people are like, yay, and you know, cheering and celebrating. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And then, of course, when they take off in the Y-Wing fighter, they just, like, knock everybody over and everybody's, like, (laughs) smoking as they get back up off the ground. Yeah, I kind of felt bad for them, but I couldn't help but laugh. Like, I kind of saw that coming, too, because you see them all standing there. They're still fighting over who should be leader. And and the engine's revving up. big engine right in their face, and then it blasts off, and they all just go flying in all directions. (laughs) The first time I saw it, I had to rewind it because... I, I didn't see them getting back up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, did they just kill everybody with the engines? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go back and, no, no, they were getting back up, even though they were smoking, you know. Yeah. yeah. There's kind of some dark comedy in this episode. <laughs> just a bit. All right. Unfortunately, let's, let's move on here. <laughs> yeah. 
Unfortunately, the droids don't get very far. Their Y-Wing is running low on power, and they must set down on a nearby planet of... Balnob. Running low on energy themselves, the droids trek through the primordial jungle in a desperate search for a power source. Suddenly, three mounted alien riders appear, galloping towards the droids. One of the riders zaps the droids with an electrified net gun. The droids are once again captured. The slow-witted aliens drag them to drag their new captives to their leader. Uh, the droids are marched into a canyon, and before a towering holographic form of Albi Dua, the leader of Balnap, uh, the booming leader is outraged that someone would dare bring non-living beings before him. While C-3PO tries to smooth things over diplomatically, R2 follows his sensors to something peculiar in the rock face. And here we go with another Wizard of Oz reference, like, you know, this big holographic form that's, you know, ordering all these guys around. And as soon as they walked up there, and he's being all showy, like, flashing lightning at him and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> this guy really oh, yeah. isn't all that big and powerful. Yeah. yeah. Like, he blatantly kills the person who brought them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More just, you know, gratuitous violence in a kid's show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, read the next section. We could talk more about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, who is that, Jason? Uh, oh, yeah. It's my turn. Archie's <laughs> uh, snooping leads him to a secret control room built into the canyon side, where he discovers that Albi Dua is just a holographic projection animated by a team of scheming pit droids who've enslaved the natives. Archie exposes the deception to the enraged Balnap people. R2 and 3PO make their getaway while the alien rebels, while the aliens rebel against their false leaders. And R2 is now referenced as a dog for the second time. Yeah. <laughs> First it was Lassie, now it's Toto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Does that make I, 3PO Dorothy? <laughs> I always thought of him more as the Tin Man, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know. It was really funny to me that it was pit droids yeah. that were behind it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't it was kind ever of anticipate pit droids being that intelligent. Well, I was well you know, if they haven't had a memory wipe in a while, they they build on that and their processing units get bigger and they uh, build their own personalities. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how R2's got so much personality, but I was kind of just wondering how they got there. Because like, we've only <laughs> well, ever seen pit droids before, you know, in pod racing in episode one, and so I'm like, really, this... Is know, this the first time we've seen pit droids in the show? This is the first time we've seen pit droids in Clone Wars, yeah, as far as I can remember. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Unless they were, like, in the background of some other shot. I don't think so. I think this is the first appearance. Yeah, I don't remember seeing them. Because I also, on StarWars.com, I was looking at, like, the uh, the pictures of the concept art, and they had uh-huh. some of the concept art for the pit droids, and it made it look like it was the first time they were doing them. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, it was, like, you well, know, out in some backwater planet in the middle of nowhere with these kind of well, people that aren't as you see when the, they were, like, blowing up all that stuff, didn't it pan out? And as the Y-Wing was leaving, it was a, it was a ship that was crashed, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true. It looked like it, yeah. And, you know, like, yeah, I didn't do a stop frame on it, but it looked like it was some sort of ship that was crashed and then it was exploding. Because yeah. apparently yeah. the natives went in and blew up everything while they were still inside, apparently. That's yeah, what it looked like. that yeah. is another what thing. I, got. I was like, oh, they just killed everybody that went in there. <laughs> yeah, because they just walk in and start shooting everything they can find, like all these computers and stuff that just start blowing up, and then it, you know, cuts to a wider shot and you just see the whole ship go boom. 
and R2 and 3PO walk away and the lead pit droid just sort of falls out of the sky (laughs) behind them. But yeah, no, that's a good point, JC. I didn't really think about that. That I mean, I noticed that it kind of looked like the wreckage of a ship, but I didn't really make the connection that maybe that's how the pit droids got there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I think it's you know the ship crashes and they uh, near near the settlement or whatever, and they you know do this big you know thing to disguise the fact that they're there to take control of the the primitive clan or whatever. Yeah, get yeah. them to do everything for them. And then they're, like, acting all big and in charge. Like, R2 goes back there and finds him, and he's like, hey, if you want to enslave your own organics, go get your own planet. Yeah. <laughs> like, they saw no problems with it. They are ready to, like, deal R2 in. He just wanted to, you know, <laughs> like, go get your own. So like, we're not hiding the fact that we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Yeah, all right. Me, Kyle. Yeah. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, R2 and 3PO continue their trek until their power cells are completely drained. They take shelter under a large plant and power down. A pirate marauder vessel lands in the jungle, and a pair of Weequay pirates grab the inert droids for scrap. The droids reawaken aboard the ship, fully charged. The pirates take them to a gladiatorial arena where they watch droids destroy each other for sport. R2 and 3PO are forced into the arena against the menacing combat droid wood. Welding a flamethrower. Wielding, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then, oh. you know, it's the, uh, just seeing more weak pirates. At first, I thought we were going to see Hondo. I know, but, me too. Um, I guess it kind of makes, well, we're, we'll get to it in a moment, but it kind of makes sense why he wasn't there, because we want Hondo yeah. to keep being on this show. Right. Right. Uh, but before the, the, the uh, pirates get there, I don't know, it just, when... I've never thought of R2 and C-3PO having to recharge. I don't know. Until this this point, I had never considered the fact that they would have to recharge. And so it was – I was almost like – I was almost like sad when they just sort of powered down there under the Shut tree. And it was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> they could die forever. Yeah. I know. It's my, my heroes here. Why are they – no. You know, but it's – Obviously they're they're okay because they got charged back up by pirates, but <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Did anyone else get the uh, the uh, real steel sense right there? Yeah, yeah. With the with the robots fighting each other, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of coincidental timing. <laughs> like, where's Hugh Jackman? Right Why isn't he in the background? <laughs> Is he a weekly pirate now? <laughs> that would be weird. Wolverine in the background. Yeah, I'm trying to picture a Weequay with Wolverine's mutton chops. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Yes. laughs> that was funny. Alright. All right. I'm gonna see. Uh, Jason, I think that's All right. uh, Just then, the pirate vessel crosses paths with General Grievous's flagship, and Grievous orders his droids to open fire. A laser blast rips open a hole in the pirate ship's hull, and R2 and 3PO are sucked out into space. 3PO clings to R2 as the little droid rockets towards the nearest vessel, the Separatist cruiser. The droids land in the hangar bay and are immediately taken prisoner by battle droids. R2 and 3PO are marched to the incinerator room where they will be melted down for General Grievous's war machine. And I just thought this was pretty funny here. Like, they're floating out in space, and, you know, 3PO's, like, clinging onto R2, and he flies him into the droid hangar. 
and you know, right into like a full squad of battle droids, and they're like, "Did you guys come from the pirate ship?" And three PO's like, "No, no, we're." And he's about to say Republic, and R two like runs over his foot, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah we're exactly. pirate droids." Fight you? <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah, we're pirate droids. Don't tell them we're Republic droids. That's even worse. Yeah, it's like remember who you're talking to here. Yeah. Of course, the battle droids aren't smart enough to catch the fact that R two's covering it up. So yeah. <laughs> Of course, then they order him to be incinerated. It's like... Like it would have mattered not, anyways. Not like that really so. helped. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, just then, a fleet of Republic cruisers emerges from hyperspace and attacks the Separatist dreadnought. Plo Koon leads a rescue mission that infiltrates the enemy ship. He clears out the droid forces while Commander Wolf rescues Adigalia from the bridge. Uh, Commander Wolf returns to Plo uh, returns to Plo Koon with Master Galia and reports that General Grievous has fled. R2 and C-3PO emerge from the shadows and are relieved to see their Republic allies. Commander Wolf is stunned to see the droids again. He sighs as, he, as C-3PO begins recounting their <laughs> fabulous adventures. <laughs> and I have to say, this is probably, for me, one of the funniest moments of this whole series so far. Um, just... Because, you know, the clones wear these helmets, but, like, with Commander Wolf, you can almost picture exactly what his face looks like right here. When, you know, they kill all these battle droids, and uh, Plo Koon tells me, he's like, sweep the ship for any more droids, and R2, or C-3PO comes out, and he's like, wait, don't kill us, we're Republic. And Commander Wolf's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, this guy was annoying me the whole last episode, we finally got rid of him, and... Of all places, like, we board General Grievous's flagship, and this droid is right here. They're back. <laughs> Droids you can't get rid of. <laughs> this this whole section though, uh, with Plo Koon uh, rescuing uh, Master Galia, uh, it was pretty cool. It was just really short. Um, obviously, because because everything in the episode was told from the droids' uh, perspective. It's like we never left the droids to get any sort of. Uh, you know, view from what was going on outside of uh, where they are. You know, we yeah. had nothing going on with General Grievous um, until they started blowing up the pirate ship and uh, nothing going on with the Jedi on Coruscant, you know, trying to figure out how to rescue Master Gallia. It was just all R2 and 3PO. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, which was kind of an interesting way to tell the story. Um, and I think this is the only kind of episode, you know, a droid-centric episode is the only kind of episode where you could pull that off. Yeah. You know what I think would be really neat is if they had told, you know, like in the, like, the next episode or something like that, the story from the uh, the Jedi's point of view, like, you know, them having to fight Grievous and then, like, Plo Koon having to go rescue her, like, an episode about, you know, those two, and then, like, the droids are kind of just, like, background characters in those episodes. Yeah, like more. But we've already heard the story, so it's kind of redundant. But it'd be kind of cool, like that whole um, Pulp Fiction kind of interweaving story. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Like you said, I don't think they'll do it just because it would be redundant. Because we already know the story, but it would be funny to see, you know, the the lightsaber duel and just have close ups on Grievous and Adi Galia, and then you just catch R two and three PO, you know, running away and scurrying through the scene. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that would that would be cool. Um, if they did that, obviously it would be redundant, and I don't. Yeah, uh, they, they won't do it. It won't happen. But um, if maybe a feature on the the 
Blu-ray or DVD is they have the other side of the story, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of me kind of wishes hint, that hint. they had told it from that perspective, you know, because uh, even like in this in the season four trailer before the season began, we saw clips of, you know, Adi Gallia fighting Grievous, and I was thinking, oh, man, that's going to be like an awesome action episode, and, you <laughs> and know. And then we got three seconds. Of you know, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen to Master Gallia, like, Grievous could kill her, and, you know, we'd finally get to see Grievous, like, kill off an important Jedi, because he usually just ends up running away, but then as soon as I found out that that clip was going to be part of this episode, I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, actually, when I first watched the episode... Um, we don't see what happens to Master Gallia um, at all after, you know, the droids leave the the hallway where she's fighting Grievous. You know, the next yeah. thing we see is her ship blowing up. And I was like, did they kill her? Did they really just kill her? And then, you know, having to wait till, you know, almost to the end of the episode where, you know, you see her on the bridge when Grievous orders them to start firing on the, the pirate ship, you know. Having to wait till then, it was. I was. That was one of the things I was sort of looking for in the rest of the episode um, at first, because you know, at first you don't know. Mm. You know, they could have killed her there, but obviously, they didn't. Um, yeah, I think but, I didn't really think about it there because at some point before I saw the episode, I saw either a preview clip or maybe just a screenshot or something somewhere that showed her standing on the bridge with Grievous, and so I figured, oh, he must have just captured her. But no, it also kind of would have been it also would have kind of been disappointing if he had, you know, killed her off screen. Like we yeah, never find true. out what happens to her, like the ship just blows up and then, you know, two episodes later somebody mentions like back when Adi Gallia got killed by Grievous yeah, and like it was a regrettable loss of her. And I'd be like, What? She's dead? <laughs> and yeah, we didn't I, see it? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I'd be pretty mad if we didn't get to see that, but Yeah. True. True. Good point. But I mean First time seeing it, I didn't see any of the screenshots or any, you know, previews other than what they had on uh, StarWars.com. Um, so I didn't, I had no idea uh, what her fate was at that point. So, but anyways, yeah. But I, I yeah. think oh, on, on the whole, um, I mentioned this to Kyle before we started recording, before you got here, JC. But on the whole, I think. Um, as far as the two episodes are concerned, I would have broken them up just a little bit differently. Um, since in uh, the first episode, Mercy Mission, R2 and 3PO don't get underground until like 10 minutes into the episode. I would have cut out some of the stuff before that and then had uh, the first episode end uh, with maybe their ship getting under attack or end with uh, when they crash landed on uh, the planet. And then it have the second episode pick up from that point and go forward. Um, I think the first episode would have um, been sped up and maybe not quite as slow if that was the case. But um, I'm not complaining as far as, you know, how the episodes turned out. I would just say that would probably be how I would have done it. So. Yeah, and I can I can maybe see the episode for uh, structuring the first episode a little bit differently. But I wouldn't break up how the second one was just because I liked how it was really fast-paced and yeah, there was just like, so much stuff going on and, like, you didn't know... Where they were going next on their misadventure. Yeah, where they were going next and what was going to happen to them. I mean, just from the previews and stuff, all I knew were, like, those two planets that they went to. And, you know, they get off that second planet and there were still, like, five or ten minutes left in the episode. And I was like, 
where are they going now? You know, and then there's like the pirate ship and they get attacked and then they go to Grievous's ship and I don't know, it just, just kind of kept everything fun and interesting and moving. So mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I do like, I do like the way that Nomad Droids was, uh, uh, was structured, but I, I would have done something, I structured it differently somewhere with uh, Mercy, Mercy Mission, picked it up, you know, made it a little bit faster, um, because it did seem, at least early early on in the episode, it seemed to be a little slow. Um, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, but then again, the beginning of it had the, you know, more of the clone troopers, and they were like my favorite part of both episodes, but... That's just me. Mm-hmm. But I, I did enjoy the second episode more than the first one just because I thought Nomad Droids had, you know, like I said, the faster pace and it was all just kind of fun and moving along and just really entertaining, I thought. Here's a question for you guys. Do you think you would have enjoyed Mercy Mission more if these two episodes had been aired back-to-back on the same night? Probably. Possibly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it really did feel like... Because I did watch them back-to-back, and I really thought that it was just one long episode. It felt like one long episode, and it really could have been a nice back-to-back two-part episode in one night. Yeah. To get it out of the way and then, you know, go on to bigger and better things. Yeah. I don't necessarily know that it would have made the first episode better, but I do think it would have worked if they aired those back-to-back just because they're pretty connected, and the second one picks up pretty much where the first one left off. Right, right. Because, like, people viewing the first one alone, there was a lot of blowback. You know, like, a lot of people complained about it, like, oh, worst episode ever, and blah, 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 almost worse than whatever the other ones were. And I haven't heard that much pertaining to this episode. So, like, if they had been together, they probably wouldn't have been, you know, like, that first one wouldn't have gotten so much flack. Yeah, but I think on the flip side of that, people who really didn't enjoy the first one, then if they watched the second one right after that, they might just get sick of, like, watching the droids for that long if they didn't like it for the first half hour. Yeah, true. Yeah, but this coming from a guy who has the uh, the droid cartoon DVD and watches it on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I really love, you know, the droids in that their antics on those two adventures that they have. You know, they cut out, like, I really wish that they had put out the full series on DVD or Blu-ray instead of just two of the owners because they had three different owners in the, in the series. And we only get to see two of them on the DVD. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And they cut out Boba Fett from the, from the animated series. Oh yeah. Cause he's heavily involved in a three part episode. From one of the first owners, yeah, as well the second owner, I believe. So, anyway, yeah, that's that's my little hit of I'm old and I used to love the droids <laughs> cartoon. And there, folks, is your '80s reference for the night. Yeah, <laughs> Mungo Bindi, <laughs> or no, Mungo Baobab. That was his name. He was, wow, he, he was the second owner, the scruffy-looking one. The first one was uh, Jan Tosh. I believe. Yeah, the oh, first I guy, that guy. The shirtless wonder. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I watched a couple of those episodes like on VHS as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I watched them when they aired. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen any of them. Maybe I should try finding them on YouTube or something. Yeah, well, you know what? You could pick up the DVD for pretty cheap. I think it's under 10 bucks now. Or you could watch it on YouTube for free. Just saying. <laughs> poor quality, poor quality. 
Well, you can watch the three episodes that aren't on the DVD on YouTube, which is what I've done. Ah. So. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. right. so, but I love the episodes because they really were essentially just new versions of the old droids that I loved. Was it... Uh, do you think these uh, rate better than the droids cartoons or um, about the same? Uh, way better. I mean, way better. There, there were elements of the droids cartoons, you know, because like in the droids cartoons, there were space pirates led by Kaibo Ren. And uh, there was a lot of politics in some of those episodes about dealing with uh, these two different clans of the same species trying to work together to face against the space pirates and fight against the Galactic Empire and stuff like that. So it's like there was some politics in those, and there was some um, misadventures. Like one kid who was like the nephew of somebody lost his pet, and they had to go find the pet, and these poachers had picked it up, and they were like from some intergalactic circus, and 3PO and R2 had to help them get the pet back and you know stuff like that. But So it's like it felt all these two episodes felt very reminiscent of the droids cartoon, and I really do think that's probably what they were going for. I hope, anyway. At least that's what I got out of it. Probably. Yeah, because, you know, it's like Dave Filoni's not too much older than me, and like, so it's like a lot of the writers and stuff like that are right around my age, so they all have fond memories. Well, maybe not fond, but they at least have memories of the droids cartoon. Some of them might have nightmares of the droids cartoon. But, <laughs> but they, they were enjoyable to me. Yeah, no, on the whole, I enjoyed them. Um, like I said, I like Nomad Droids more than Mercy Mission. Um, but in Mercy Mission, I really enjoyed the clone troopers and just uh, you know, getting to yeah. see their interactions and kind of using them as comic relief you know, when juxtaposed with the droids and the Alina and all that. Um, and then the second one, I just thought was a lot of fun, even though it was kind of wacky and not entirely necessary to like the overall story that they're telling on the show, but it was kind of a you know, fun distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, Oh, shiny episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Are All we right. done beating these episodes to death? <laughs> yes, I think yeah. so for the time. Being. All right. So we're done with the recaps. Uh, normally this would be the point where we'd move on to the mailbag. Um, but there's no mail this week. Obviously, you guys don't send us email on a regular basis because we don't usually host the show. Um, I did ask Mike if he had any emails he wanted us to read, but he said he hasn't been getting a whole lot lately. So um, Mike and Matt might have something for you guys next week when they come back, or, or next week or week after that, whenever they do the next one, because there's no new episode this week that we're recording. Um, but, you know, don't forget to just keep sending emails in. You know, send them your thoughts so they can read it on the show. Yes, so, uh, Matt yeah. at CloneWarsPodcast.com, Mike at CloneWarsPodcast.com. Yes. So. And with that, we'll move on to the Facebook post of the week. Uh, when do you guys want to read this one? Sure. I've got it up. Okay. I'm like, I don't have it in front of me. Okay. Yeah, I've got it up. Uh, so basically, this was after the Darth Maul announcement uh, was made for the Clone Wars, and in response to some of what had been going on online, uh, Michael, uh, Mike, excuse me, <laughs> Michael Cohen. Michael uh, Cohen. The Mike. Is, the Michael Cohen, our host and founder, um, posted this on the uh, Facebook page. He said, can we get something straight? 
Darth Maul is not the best character from the prequels, okay? He may be one of the coolest looking, but he is far from one of the best. That is all. You can go about your business. <laughs> and there's like about 10 or, you know, 10 or so responses on that. I honestly, I don't think I got around to responding to it, but. I had two words and that was it. <laughs> oh, let me guess. <laughs> Ben Quadraneros. Yep, I was going to say. There's no R in it. JC was the one that posted that. I learned that at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, Mike was just responding to, obviously, the fact that (laughs) some people are kind of going nuts over this Darth Maul thing. Um, And I've really seen, you know, from reading a lot of people's opinions online and stuff, I've kind of seen two polar opposites, which are one that people are really mad and they think that you know, Darth Maul should just stay dead and they should stop trying to mess with the continuity. And then there are people that are like, yes, Darth Maul's my favorite character. I can't wait to see more of him. Um, but I'm kind of with Mike. Like, I think Darth Maul's a really cool character, but um, I'm not, like, jumping out of my seat because he's not, you know, my favorite character of all time. And I think there are, you know, characters that are also cool that also have, you know, cool stories and personalities yeah. and that kind of thing. But Like, whatever happened to Captain Panaka? What happened to him? I don't know. <laughs> Although, he got replaced by uh, I Typo. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I think he might have been in. Was he Shadow in the War. episode with the new queen? No. Were they going to there for the first time? No. Uh, at least I. No, he didn't. He was not in that. Um, I would have. I would have made a note of that because um, I have the action. I have his action figure. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, no, like I said, I think if he was in it at all, he was in, uh, he might have been in Shadow Warrior just because there was a captain in there. Yeah. Um, there, no. was, there was an episode in season three where they go to Naboo and, like, I wanted to say he might have been in the background, but he may not have been. No. Because I know Typho was there. It was, like, one of the episodes where Typho was heavily featured. Yeah. But see, that's and, what I'm saying is in, uh, in Shadow Warrior, Typho definitely was not in that one. And there was some captain in there. He didn't say anything, so he wasn't in the credits. Um, but I was watching it with a friend of mine and he was like, Hey, is that Captain Panaka? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. It might be. Cause it kind of looked like him. Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think he's been in, I think maybe I'd have, I'd have to check Wikipedia, but he may have retired at this point in time. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, handed, like said, he didn't re- handed the reins over to his nephew, Typho, cause they're related. Somehow. Typho, Typho is Panaka's nephew. So. Wait, oh, really? so it was an inside hire. Yes. I did not know that. <laughs> no new blood here. But uh, anyway, so back yeah. to Darth Maul. Um, my whole take on the thing is, I mean, I'm not a huge Darth Maul fan, but that's because I'm more of a fan of the Jedi characters. Um, and I, I look at it more this way. I mean, it would. It's cool to, that he's back because it will give great character development to other characters around him. Characters like Savage Opress and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I think it'd be really great, um, obviously, to have, you know, a whole trilogy and have Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, you know, have this buildup of meeting and stuff like that and see the the character development that happens with Obi-Wan because we haven't had a lot of Obi-Wan character development in the series other than the Man- the Mandalore trilogy uh, with Duchess yeah, Satine. Yeah. Um, and even in, you know, the arcs like uh, the, the Mortis trilogy and the Citadel where he was heavily featured, um, he didn't have, he didn't change a lot. He did, there wasn't a lot to him. 
um, as far as you know character development is concerned. So that is something I'm looking forward to to Darth Maul returning. I think it's cool that he's returning because it's Darth Maul, um, and it's interesting because they might work in you know some of the way with you know the whole Visionaries comic where he's you know got the mechanical legs and stuff, which I want the uh, comic two pack that has him and Owen Lars. I want to yeah. get that, um, and that looks really cool. Um, so if they work it in that way, that'd be even cooler. But um, obviously, we'll have to wait and see as far as that's concerned, because the pictures that we all, all the pictures we have of him is just from the waist up, so we have no idea what's from the waist down where his legs are supposed to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's something you know they did that on purpose, and they're going to probably play it a little closer to the chest, at least for a little while longer. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, as far as him, you know, being alive. At the end of episode one, I could see how that could happen. I mean, it's, you know, it's a long shot, but he is a Sith, you know, I mean. And this is the, you know, science fiction. I mean, right, right. Yeah. I mean, the they lightsaber. They have the technology, they rebuild him. Exactly. The lightsaber through the abdomen there, if it doesn't sever anything, you know, important, uh, it cauterizes so he doesn't bleed to death. Um, and, you know, if he doesn't get knocked out hitting his head on the sides of the, you know, the shaft as he's tumbling down, he could grab something and, you know, not go splat. Yeah, possibly. But, I mean, it's it's possible that he's, you know, that he survived and got out somehow. Well, I obviously mean, it's possible not really. because apparently that's what happened, but... Um. <laughs> apparently. I mean, I, I could see how that possibility would exist. Um, it's unlikely, but he's not necessarily a, a normal person either, so... Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just going to kind of wait and see how it goes. Like, I'm kind of apprehensive about it, but excited about it at the same time. Yeah, um, true. And, and like I... Sorry, and like I said earlier, it, it, Obi-Wan has to kill him at the end of it. That's just... <laughs> that's my only stipulation. I will be fine with whatever they do as long as at the end of it he gets killed again by Obi-Wan. Yeah. That is my well, only stipulation. And see, I'm not even... I don't even care about that one too much because, like I said, I think it would kind of be redundant if Obi-Wan killed him again unless they find some really cool, creative way for Obi-Wan to kill him. So... And also, I mean, from the announcement that they made and the way Dave Filoni was talking about it, like, I don't know if this is just going to be one story arc. Like, Darth mm-hmm. Maul could be back for a while. So I'm not That's really true. worried about how they're going to end his story yet. I just hope that whatever way they decide yeah. to bring him back and kind of explain how he survived, yeah. that it makes sense in a sort of you know fictional <laughs> plausible kind of way and you know, yeah i hope they just make a really good story out of it so yeah True. well i'm completely indifferent towards darth maul either being you know in the episodes or not being dead and stuff like that so it's like i kind of want him to be the the stagely figure that you know savage goes to to learn from you know kind of he's like he's kind of crippled right now so it's like he, he has to give his advice and make Savage into his weapon of revenge. That's kind of what I see a little bit, you know, him being being mm-hmm. the teacher. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because that's why Savage is going to look for him. He's going to look for him to, you know, learn from him. Because that's what... Uh, Mother Talzin? Yeah, Mother Talzin had kind of said, you know, could go seek him out and you can learn from him. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of hoping, you know, like he doesn't play a super huge role. He just kind of, you know, guides and builds Savage into something more. And then eventually there is this big showdown where, you know, Obi-Wan gets his 
his final blow into him. Right. That could be right. interesting, especially if, uh, yeah, I mean, if Maul and Savage kind of have, like, a master-apprentice relationship, then you've almost got, like, two pairs of Sith Lords out there. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be interesting. It'd be also interesting to see if it came down to a showdown between Maul and Opress and Sidious and Dooku. That would be interesting to see too. Well, the only problem with that is we obviously know who would win. Yeah, unless obviously you know because, in but, episode like, three, Anakin really kills Savage Opress wearing a Count Dooku mask with his horns shaved off or something <laughs> weird like that. <laughs> Blu-ray version two. but anyway so that's the facebook post of the week um you know just us responding to mike's thoughts about the whole darth maul situation um so don't forget to just keep checking out the uh don't forget to keep checking out the facebook group and you know share your thoughts on there we've been having a lot of good discussion on there since the show started back up so Mm-hmm. Uh, good stuff. And then uh, lastly, we'll just mention the upcoming episodes. We don't have a preview for this week. Um, I know Mike and Matt usually will play like a little audio clip at the end of it. I don't think they've released one for the upcoming episodes yet. But I did check out the latest issue of Star Wars Insider that had um, they just had a list of titles for all the upcoming episodes. And so after this, we've got uh, the Umbara arc starting up, which is the one we've seen in the previews with, like, the clone troopers and the 501st, and we get some new clones in there, and uh, General Krell, the big four-armed guy with the two double-bladed lightsabers. Dexter Jetster in Jedi garb. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> and, uh... Yes. So I think the next episode coming up is called Darkness on Umbara, and then after that we've got The General, is the, ne- the title of the next one, and then it's uh, Plan of Descent... And Carnage of Krell. So those are the four Umbara episodes. And then after that, I believe it's Kidnapped, which sounds to me like it could be that Death Watch episode we've seen a preview of with Ahsoka yeah. and Lux. Because it looks ah, like and that chick man, though. Yeah. That would be cool. And uh, then after that, we've That's- got Slaves of the Republic and Escape from Kedavo, I believe it's called. Um, hmm. And I looked up... Uh, I went on Wikipedia and looked up Kadavo, and that's a planet that's in the uh, Slaves of the Republic comic, so I'm guessing that'll be like a two-part episode. Okay. Um, and somewhere in there, you know, they'll probably break it up, and we'll get some of those at the beginning of next year after the winter break. Yeah. Sounds like the, uh, the, uh, the Death Watch episode is just going to be a one-off, according to those uh, titles. Yeah. Unless, yeah. unless they work it into the, the slave um, episodes somehow. Yeah. Well, again, we don't know for sure if that is the Death Watch episode, but I do remember um, reading like some interviews or something where it made it sound like this was that we were just going to get one episode with the Death Watch this season. Okay. Um, I'm hoping we get to see a big arc with them again at some point eventually where they you know go back and try to take over Mandalore again, but... Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that somewhere down the road. Um, but with all the stuff coming up with Darth Maul, I don't know if it'll be this season. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not expecting it this season. But that's I, a- I don't think Death Watch is going anywhere permanently. So. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. They're always... They're in the well. The, the go-to guys. They're like, oh, let's do a Death Watch episode. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see where they're at this season, too, because... Uh, yeah, they're on a different planet, and they've got some different-looking yep. armor and stuff. So Yeah, they've got a whole bunch of different armor. 
And then I'm really looking forward to the Umbara episodes, too, just because it's been a while since we've had a yeah. big, you know, action-packed episode that focused on the clones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, now and you seems- said that was a, a four-part episode? Yes. A four-part series? Seems like wow. it, Wow. Yeah. That's, that's going to be cool, because um, we haven't had uh, any arc that's been that big since the Geonosis. Yeah, saga. it was like yeah. five. Yeah, well, or four six. or five. It was like four or five if you counted Senate Spy. Yeah. Which I do. (laughs) Um, I do too. But anyways. But yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to those ones. And so, like I said, we're recording this on Wednesday the 19th. So there's no episode this Friday the 21st. But the 28th of October is when the uh, Darkness on Umbara airs. And I'm not sure how frequently they'll be airing them after that, but I'm looking forward yeah. to those ones coming up. I think the the four Umbara episodes will probably be aired con- in consecutive weeks, but after that, it's anybody's guess. Yeah. yeah. Except, I think, because that's going into November, so one of those weeks might end up being Thanksgiving, and I don't know if they'll take that off to True. show something else. They usually don't air episodes on holiday yeah. weekends. Except they've True. usually got some kind of Halloween special thing the weekend of Halloween, but that's next weekend when we're getting that first Umbara episode, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Cartoon Network and their air dates is all jumbled and weird, so. Yeah. yeah. And who knows how our foreign brethren are dealing with their episodes. Yeah. Oh, yes. We've had some people on the uh, Facebook page posting saying they're still in season three. Yeah. Yeah. Like Australia and stuff like that. So yeah. mm-hmm. I think I think the UK um, they're done with season three. Um, yeah, I yeah. I think wrong. I think the UK gets them the same time we do. Yeah, because I know there have been a couple times when Cartoon Network has like taken long breaks, and then the UK will actually get a new episode like a week before we do. Yeah, because they have it aired on a different network over there. Yeah. All right. But anyway, so that's uh, just a little sneak peek at some stuff coming up, um, and that's it for this week. So, uh, well, can I uh, can I do a bit of personal news? Oh me? yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, to all you avid listeners of uh, Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, me, JC, I've been on a couple different times, and pretty soon you're going to start seeing me on television. Um, I got chosen to be part of a pilot episode for show called Geek Love. It'll be airing on TLC. The first episode features me doing sci-fi speed dating dressed as my Boba Fett as a member of the 501st, and that will be airing on December 18th on TLC. So you'll start seeing previews sometime in November. So that's my little bit of news that I got to say. So you'll say, hey, I know that guy from, you know, Clone Wars and Frontline. So nice. now there's a whole TV show about Boba Fett picking up chicks. Well, how far we I'm, I'm one of three, I believe. That's the way they explain to it in the pilot episode. Because I think they fall, they fall around six people and they split it into two parts, two part episodes. So I think I'm going to be featured first. And so they have me going around at the con and I'm doing the speed dating thing. And then they, they came to my house. They filmed me at my house giving a little tour of my apartment. And then they showed me at the con. They interviewed me at the con, and then speed dating. And then afterwards, I went on a date with um, another Mando. She was a black and purple Mando. So it was us going out to this weird little restaurant. So that was my little section of the show. So hopefully, 
hopefully they enjoy it and hopefully they enjoyed me and want to hire me back for some other spin-off series that may be in the works that I'm not allowed to talk about wink, wink. like like an entire Mandalorian dating series uh, not I quite like totally that but that. <laughs> something else entirely so. stay tuned to JC for more information yes <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, they they asked me. They're like, "Well, do you think you might want to start a Twitter account in case the show starts to take off and people might want to follow you?" I was like, "Not particularly," because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Why do I want to be on a social network that Chato Chosenko's on?" I mean, I know that you know Frontlines has its own Twitter thing, and that's pretty cool. And I I do kind of you know listen when people talk about that, but I really don't want people. You know, it's like, why would anybody follow me? You know. So, but that was my little news, and I just had to throw that in there because I'm all excited about that and was excited over the weekend for it. Nice. All right, so. sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So TLC December JC yeah. Geek Love Boba Fett Boba Fett. <laughs> Sweet. December eighteenth. December eighteenth. Yeah. All right. All right. So I think that just about wraps it up for this week. Um, so don't forget to keep checking the Facebook. Uh, we've got the Facebook page and the Facebook group. Um, the Facebook page is, I think, where Mike usually just posts, like, the announcements and the previews and that kind of stuff. And then um, over on the group, we all, you know, have our discussion about the episodes and stuff. And uh, don't forget to follow Mike and Matt on Twitter at twitter.com slash Clone Wars. And, uh, you know, send them email. Keep listening to the show. Um all that good stuff. I think that's about it. So, um, thanks guys for tuning in. Uh, Jason, JC, thanks for helping me out. My first time, you know, kind of leading the show. Um, I know we've all been on as hosts before, but Mike and Matt couldn't be here this week. So I hope we, uh, did a good job in their place and, uh, you guys will be able to hear from them again next week. So until then, uh, have a good week and may the force be with you. Adios. Bye. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.